This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and Nathan Baird. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Well, hello there, person tuning in from wherever you are, and welcome to Behold. Uh, this is Sean, and we have Dan and Nathan here as well. Say hi, guys. What's hi guys. up, Beholders? Oh, oh, we talked at the same uh. time. <laughs> it's a great way to start. What's up, Beholders? <laughs> Behold our, po- our polished production here. Uh, but anyways, man, we uh, are just excited to, to be together. We're excited to unpack some of these things that we're seeing in um, our Sunday teachings and also just in our own studies throughout the weeks. And um, yeah, we're, we're, as always, we're encouraged to hear from you guys each week, those of you that tune in, uh, that you're doing just that. You're tuning in, you're being encouraged, you're learning things. And I just know from my own experience, and I think Dan and Nate, you as well, when someone tells us, man, hey, I listened to Behold, and this is what God showed me, that is so fulfilling and just a, a gratifying use of our time together. So Thank you for doing that. We hope that it continues to uh, fit that need for you, and we're excited for what we have going on today. Before we get into it, let's just do a little check-in uh, with Mr. Baird here, because it's been a little bit since he's been on the podcast. Yeah. We understand you had a you had a big event happen oh, my this last couple weeks. 18 years of marriage to the fantastic, wonderful Rita. Wow. Yeah, that's 18 years, eight children, several house moves and switches of jobs. And she is still as glorious as ever. Maybe even more so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're right. uh, You know what? I was thinking when you were sharing at staff meeting that you guys had an anniversary. I was thinking about that song that you wrote. It's kind of a tongue-in-cheek uh, who I should have married song. <laughs> yeah. Do you, can you give us a little bit of the, just the, the, that's a kind of a funny song. Like how does yeah. that one go? Yeah. And, and, and the girl, the girl I should have married and it is just a horrible person because I don't deserve <laughs> what I got. Yeah. And that's the punchline of the song, you know, and instead of this horrible ogress of a woman I, that I deserve, <laughs> I actually got <laughs> like an angel. Oh, that's amazing, dude. <laughs> wow. and she, if I were to say that to her, she would say, you mean I make you like fall down in fear? <laughs> yeah, because that's what angels do in the Bible. That's really funny. No, like in a sweet, poetic, romantic way, Rita, quit <laughs> taking right. everything so literally. <laughs> yeah, but it's been fantastic. So that was that was my yesterday, and she was so kind. She did. Uh, she pulled some stuff out of her hat to make my day really special. That's awesome, so, dude. Um, Congratulations, yeah, well, bro. Thank you. Thank you. How about you, Dan? Doing doing well. Staying encouraged. Staying just focused on on the Lord and and the promises in His Word. But but definitely feeling a little tired. You know the the novelty of this season is kind of is kind of worn off, and now the grind of it is wearing on me a little bit. And so I've just been asking God for endurance, which thank God for this last Sunday's teaching, and we're going to get into it. But uh, just yeah, just praying for wisdom, praying against fear and anxiety, and just kind of um, I think it's it's been it's been a struggle for me to kind of not think in terms of, okay, when, when are things going to get back to normal or when, when is this time going to be over and, and we're going to get into some kind of new groove. And the Lord just been teaching me about just contentment and just waiting on him and, and finding my rest in him and not needing to know 
all of what the future will hold. And so that's been an encouraging thing. And God's been ministering to me in that. Uh, also, I've had a couple uh, summer interns, which we haven't talked about yet on the podcast, but uh, Brooke Thielen and Paul Bolin, and they're just crushing it. And they're just constant sources of encouragement to me. We we got to go lead worship for the online stream at uh, Graceway Church in Pleasanton this last Sunday. So it's kind of weird. I was I was in two places at once virtually because we we do all of our uh, services you know pre recorded, but then at the same time I was going live at Graceway with the two interns, and it was just so encouraging just to be at another church and just see what they're up to and to see God moving there and and to be part of that was really awesome, but. Yeah, super encouraged by the the interns, and who knows, maybe they'll make a guest appearance on the podcast uh, before the summer's done. They've been actually begging me for that, so see if we can finagle that. But yeah, I'm doing good. Good. Yeah, wow. Um, and just, <laughs> I have to mention this. The funniest thing about the whole simulcast situation with Dan on Sunday was that between us filming our service, I think it was on Wednesday, and then him being at Graceway on Sunday morning for their service, he got in a haircut and like shaved and stuff. So I I had him pulled up on two different screens and at the same time, he's this like burly semi homeless looking dude. On the other (laughs) side, he's like all clean cut, just like glimmering with glory. It was really funny to see both at the same time. Hey, you know what? Those, those are my two looks basically semi homeless and uh, clean cut. So I, I, I oscillate between those two. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Um, and then, yeah, Patty and I are doing well. We are very excited because in two days we're going to Yosemite, which we are stoked right. about. You know, like many of us, um, we haven't gotten to be able, we haven't gotten to get out and do as much as we are used to and like doing. So we are very eager for this camping slash hiking trip. I so, saw. I saw that you guys did a trial run in your backyard. You guys got some new new gear and you tested it out in the backyard. How'd it go? It was great. We, you know, we we're not this we're not big like camping gear people. We don't have all this stuff, but we got this little car hatch tent. So we, Patty has a hatchback, and so like attaches to the back of your hatchback and turns into this big old tent. Anyways, yep, we did a test run in our backyard. Which if you've ever been there, it is basically like camping. It's like not the accommodations are low in our backyard, and. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the next day, I totally felt like we went camping. I woke <laughs> up, awesome. my back hurt, we had slept bad, and all that, all the good stuff. Sure, smelled camping. like smoke. <laughs> smelled like campfire. Camping. I feel like we, we did go camping. That's good. All right, back yep. inside. Back. Funniest <laughs> thing about that experience was the, the evening was great, dinner was great. You know, we did camp breakfast and camp coffee. That was all great. What we did not realize was that the business park right next to our house where our backyard is, uh, they have a huge, you know, industrial dumpster, which apparently gets taken out by the the dump truck at six a.m. on uh, Friday morning. So we learned that the hard way because our car it's was like three ru- feet away. That's called a rude awakening. Yeah, yeah. Industrial <laughs> suburban camping. That's exciting. Did, uh, did, did you anyways, have any mosquitoes? Did you have any mosquitoes? That's the that's real camping right there. You're you know, I actually mosquitoes. don't think I don't think I got bit by anything. So you're right. It was it was fake news. It was a lie. <laughs> well, we are in on Sunday mornings going. We're Romans 15. We went through Romans, the whole book of Romans, and we're up to Romans 15 now. And we we've said this many times in the podcast, but 
it's been amazing these last couple months, just seeing how God has moved through uh, the things that we've been going through in Romans 13 and 14 and now 15. And so let's get into it. So as you guys were listening to Mr. Gary Darnell teach on Sunday morning, what are some things that stuck out to you as impactful or just insightful with things that you're experiencing uh, in this last couple weeks? Yeah, I was I was encouraged. Just again, this discussion of of strong and weak. In the last few weeks, we've been talking about this, and it seemed sometimes to be, you know, a dividing the church into two halves: the ones that the strong ones, and the ones that are weak, um, as if those are you know separate groups that never mix. And uh, I appreciated that Gary shared that, you know, we're all strong in different ways and weak in different ways. And that's kind of the nature of any group of people, any family, um, and that it's purposeful that God gives us spiritual gifts, each uniquely to benefit one another. And so instead of seeing a particular area of maturity or strength in our life as something that we've earned, and so therefore we could kind of bask in that and the benefits of that, instead, once we realize that, where to seek to use that to benefit other people. I thought that was just a really great, helpful, and uh, unifying idea. Absolutely. Yeah, and just initially, the where you see that in the first three verses of, of chapter 15, the word that really stuck out to me was please. And it's not really a word that we use that, you know, that, that often in our relationship context, you know, like, I, I'm doing this because I please to do it, or, you know, I'm doing this to please you. Like it's kind of a, it, it kind of struck me as, as a little, um, a little bit old fashioned yeah, or just fuzzy, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so that's why I really liked what Gary, Gary just kept talking about, um, you know, serving, serving people living for their benefit. And, and really, if you go back to, to chapter 14, where it's really the same idea, the same thought of, welcoming people in just like God's welcomed us in and loving people the way that God has loved us. And so just in those first three verses, you know, we, we can't, we don't live to just for our benefit, just to benefit ourselves, but we live to, to benefit and serve our brothers, our neighbors, and, and then focusing in on Christ as the example of that, that he didn't live for his own benefit but he was this this giving, loving, pouring out person, um, God in the flesh. He 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 lived to serve, and um and and even now as he sits on the throne, you know he uh, he still lives to, to 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 make intercession for us. He's still outpouring. He's still giving, and so that really was the key of this whole section is just, and if, I mean, this is the behold podcast, but it's all about just looking at Jesus, beholding who he is, what, what, and, and, and understanding what God is really like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So the, those, in those first three verses, that's kind of initially what jumped out to me. And I've been chewing on that. I liked it. Uh, the end of verse two, that we're pleasing the neighbor for his good. And then he says two build him up. I think he probably could even say in order to mm. build him up. And so there's a goal of please. Yeah, it's, it's to make everyone more fully alive, more fully enjoying, more fully serving and living out like Jesus. And I, I thought of the passages where, you know, it, Jesus, uh, you know, wants to present a spotless bride. He wants to uh, 
you know, without blemish. Like, that's a goal, too. He's not just dumping a bunch of junk in front of the Father and saying, here you go. He, part of his rescuing is to, to use, um, to, to transform us through his Spirit to, to make us beautiful and, and fully engaging in the life that God has for us. Well, yeah, that's that Ephesians 4 thing, too, is that God gives us gifts so that we can, so the body can build itself up in love. So there's always this, this constant process of growth happening in the body of Christ. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I also connected with those, that first chunk, Dan, just about, you know, what is our goal here? Like, what is our just state of heart supposed to be really in the context to me of like self-focused versus others focused? Um, and even, you know, I know the word please stuck out to you, but for me, the word obligation really stuck out to me of just, mm. it's not just, oh, these are things that are good, but hey, we are obligated, you know, as Christians who who follow Jesus Christ, we are obligated to do these things. Like there, there's action steps that are are there for us and necessary for us to be doing. And so with that in mind, thinking about that idea of like in, in this season, in coronavirus and uh, national unrest and stuff like that in politics, in discussions and in conversations with people, um, you know, am, am I focused more so about myself right now or am I focused about serving them? Like you just said, Dan, like, am I, am I interested in serving them? Like Jesus served them. And it's kind of like, you know, Miss past pastor Reverend Barley with the, uh, given your opinion dominion quote. I love that. <laughs> um, but really, you know, one of the things that you mentioned your interns, Dan, we also, I have an intern now, his name is Christian Derekito. A lot of you know him. He's amazing, but we're going through this book, spiritual leadership, which I know you guys have both gone through and it's amazing. But it really talks a lot about just what scripture tells us about the what leadership should look like and really using Jesus as that example. And just chapter after chapter after chapter, like paragraph after paragraph, you're just drilled with that underlying truth and reality of everything we are to be doing is for someone else. We're here to serve other people. And I think that sometimes that gets hard. You know, like Dan, you were a little bit vulnerable in sharing just how you're getting to that point now where this season is getting getting to you a bit. And so many people listening and me and you, Nate, we we can all empathize with that. Mm -hmm. And to me, I don't know about you, but to me, when you're at that point, it just becomes hard. It becomes hard to not be thinking of self, not be thinking of what you need, what needs you need filled versus like, how can I today in this week be working to to fulfill the needs of my weaker brothers and sisters around me? Um, And in that way, unite the body. Well, and I think that's why it's so important that and Gary did such a great job talking about in verse, um, you know, verses three and four, just about the the reproaches, uh, so the, so the insults and the hatred that people direct to God was was Jesus took that on, he he and and specifically a reference to to the cross. I mean, he was mock mocked and beat and uh, and, and killed on the cross, and it's just crazy to think about. His uh, his commitment to to even be outward focused in those moments, right? So, because no matter what suffering that we're going through, there's no way that it compares to what he endured at the cross, mm. and and it's wild to think that he that he was suffering for those very sins. So that very reproach that was 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 happening, you know, when he was was arrested and and beaten and, and eventually killed on the cross. So 
that is, that's the model that we are, we are to look to. And so like, you're right, Sean, like when, when the heat gets turned up, when, when we get the pressure put on us, it becomes even more natural for us to turn inward and to just think about my benefit and my, my, me taking care of mine. So I can maybe even just so I can grow or so I can have whatever it is I feel like I need to have in my life. But Jesus was, man, just this perfect example, even under the the circumstances that we cannot even imagine. He still, mm. uh, you know, was outward focused um, and, and was thinking about others during that time. So Nate, I'm just curious if, you know, as you were, as you were looking, listening on Sunday and, and as you've been studying and engaging with that during this week, have you found any other places in scripture that, that really point to Jesus as, as that kind of a model for us? Yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I think Philippians two, Hebrews 12, Philippians two just says that, you know, we're, we're to be humble and uh, consider the needs of others more than ourselves. And then uh, Paul says, for example, let's look at Jesus as the total example of somebody who gave, who emptied himself and became a servant of all. And so this, this uh, idea, it, it was so helpful because I think sometimes, uh, depending on what church background you've come from or how you've read the Bible, uh, it might be difficult to think, well, how can reading scripture, how can we be engaging with the story of Jesus or the story of God throughout history, how can that help me now? I mean, it's just dead words on a, on a page. But the reality is, is uh, it's a um, picture of reality. <laughs> it's a different picture than what we normally see. We see, hey, I got to get what's, what's what's for me and mine. Uh, I got to put number one first, and no one's going to look out for me. And you know that that those are the kind of stories that we hear and that drive us. Um, and instead, we have the God of the universe who created everything, giving up everything to enter into our experience, share that with us, and then die in our place so that we could have his place or share, Mm. you know, share with him. It's radical. It's totally upside down based on the world's system and economy. So the more you look at that, at Jesus specifically, but the whole Jesus as the fulfillment of the whole story of the Bible, um, then you get what Paul said in, uh, in verse four, that everything in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. It's, it's enduring in light of the, the, the true reality that's painted through scripture. And the, the, the power of God then is activated as we trust and step into the way he says to live. That's powerful. Yeah, and you, and you, mentioned, you mentioned Hebrews 12 as well, which is a, a section that, that's just talking about endurance as well and suffer in, in the face of suffering and discipline of, of the Lord. And, you know, there, there, there was a conversation I was having with a buddy this week and we were just kind of commiserating together just on just how, how frustrating and um, exhausting it is to, to fight for uh, holiness and purity and to struggle against sin and the enemy and the world but um, I love passages like like Hebrews 12 and like what, what we studied here in, in Romans 15, just that we can take heart knowing that that Jesus, we haven't as suffered as much as Jesus has, right? And and I love what Gary said too on Sunday. He's, you know, plus 
a lot of times we're suffering because we did something wrong. <laughs> but what we know from, from Jesus's life and what the apostles write about him, that, that Jesus, he never did anything wrong. He suffered for the wrongs that we did. How wild is that? So again, it's just this, another example of Jesus as a model for us that, that we can, we can be encouraged. We can be, we can get endurance when we read those places in scripture because it, it helps us put things in perspective. It helps us understand, yeah, I am suffering. I am exhausted. I am frustrated right now. Like this is hard. Yes, for sure. But, but Jesus had it way harder and he never failed. He never suffered. I mean, he never um, gave in to the, the temptation of the suffering and he just kept entrusting himself to, to the father. And so that is, it's, it's a, it's meant like, like Paul says in verse four, it's meant to instruct us so that we can have hope that we can actually do these things that Paul is laying out for us in this section. Oh, that's so good. And it reminds me of our conversation last week with Tim about um, just discipline and what that process does for us, but how we can become trained then to respond to situations with grace and humility. And really, like you mentioned Hebrews 12, it really describes that process as a result of that, like not growing weary and having hope, then dives into discipline and the importance of that. And in verse 11, you know, it says, Paul, or we think Paul says, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And then I love the next verse because it's like such a, just a, a slap of encouragement for me. Therefore, lift your droopy hands and strengthen your weak knees. For me, it's like such a resolving thing of like, you know what? I can do this. Lift my droopy hands, strengthen my knees, find discipline in the Lord. And through that, he, he will give me peaceful righteousness, the peaceful fruit of righteousness in future situations. Yeah. And I, and I love, I mean, the peaceful fruit of righteousness, who doesn't want that, right? I mean, that is, that is such a beautiful like carrot that God is dangling, you know, at the end of our, of our suffering tunnel. And, you know, as we kind of look at this section of, I mean, Gary made reference to like, sometimes there are people who uh, in a certain situation are, are yes, the weaker brother to us. And that can grate on us. That can be annoying, frustrating. We can, it can be difficult to live with that kind of a person. Um, but if we can kind of buy into that passage in Hebrews 12, that there's this process of, of God training us. Uh, Cause a lot of times when, what's our natural reaction when we're suffering or when something's difficult we want to get out. We want to get it. We want to avoid it. <laughs> you know, if we're be, if we're under God's discipline, we our, our our gut response is to like, what's the, where's the shortcut? Like, how can I, how can this thing be over as soon as I, as soon as possible? And sometimes we even pray that that way, but there's that, that uh, modifier there to, to those who are trained by the discipline of the Lord. Right. So that means we have to actively, participate with God and go through the suffering, not around it, not look for an escape route, not try to duck out of it, but to actually go through it. And that's how we get the the reward at the end. So, so yeah. So then there is that encouragement, like, Hey, don't give up, like go through this process. And, and you know, the author and finisher of your faith will, will give you endurance to do it. That reminds me of the, uh, in Hebrews 12, doesn't it also say that, uh, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. Yeah. And there, 
I, I, I love what you were saying, Dan, that we, we, sometimes we make our goal to stop suffering. Right. That's the goal. <laughs> so we'll do anything we can to reach, reach that goal. Yeah. So all, so in this context, like I'll avoid that weaker brother. Yeah. I'll just, yeah. I'll, or I, I, you know, I won't call them back or right. I'll, if I find out that they're going to be, you know, on this uh, zoom call or in this small group or whatever, <laughs> like, ah, I'm just going to duck out, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, but, but what you were saying, yeah, keep, keep going. Yeah. So, so, but if the, if the goal is to become like Christ, which is Romans 8, 28 and 29, that, God's working everything out, even even putting that person in our life that causes us temporary emotional pain. Right. <laughs> that, but but we we can start to love them because the ultimate goal is to be like Christ, who does love them, yeah. who, and who loved us. That's another thing is we we tend to think that we're we're good, you know, that we're, we're the best, <laughs> and that we no one could possibly be irritated at me. Right, <laughs> I right. But we also need people to bear with us. And so just yeah. talk to Sean. I mean, he, he'll definitely say that <laughs> I would do it's that. irritating. No. <laughs> stop. And so something I've been thinking about that, I mean, this is a bit off, off script here, but I've seen in some of the people that I've been meeting with over the phone or zoom or in person during these last four months, uh, something that surprised me in a positive way is that I've had some conversations where people were more willing to be vulnerable than I think they would have before. Hmm. Like, and a lot of it isn't always this great stuff. Like it's kind of, some of it is unhealthy venting of how hard of a time they're having, whatever it is. But, um, it's made me think a little bit just about the role of our church family and like what kind of place we're supposed to be. And God tells us to be in, you know, like in this context of helping the weaker brother and, and uniting the body in that way, I think that sounds nice on paper, but we don't always, think hard about like what that looks like in reality about the steps that we should be taking to create an atmosphere that promotes that kind of unity and, and openness with someone who is feeling like they're a, a weaker quote unquote brother. You know, I'm reading this, rereading this book, Messy Grace, and it, uh, it focuses on this topic of, of homosexuality, but really it's a great read for, um, understanding how to love people, period, whether, no matter what they're struggling with. And in that, you know, he says this thing about if churches aren't, if churches are places where people can't be honest and open and vulnerable, we're creating sanctuaries of fake people. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be totally counter to the work that Jesus wants to, wants us to do um, on this earth. So what do you guys think? Like, have you seen that at all with people being like more vulnerable than you would have seen before? And what do you think we can be doing as like a church family and especially us in like church leadership to be promoting that kind of openness and vulnerability and realness um, to promote unity and growth and and those kinds of things? Well, this is, this is, I'm going to be speaking Nate's, Nate's heart language here, but we've been talking for as long as I can remember at our church about small groups and the importance of us getting together and doing life with, with a group of, of like-minded brothers and sisters or, or brothers or sisters or whatever, (laughs) whatever the combination is, but, but just getting, getting hooked up with, with a smaller community of people to, because really that's where these type of types of conversations are cultivated to the point where we can, we can feel vulnerable and, and be honest and, and deal with stuff and I, I definitely having those kinds of conversations with people all the time, but if I, if I kind of did a random sampling of those kinds of people, I bet you a large majority of them would be people who are either in a, some, some kind of small group 
or have been in the past. And they've learned how to have those kinds of familiar, familiar, familial, familial, familial. Re- yes, relationships with, with people from within, within the body. And, and that's something that's just been on my heart lately is I think a lot of people are, are maybe viewing this pandemic as like, man, life's on hold a little bit. And I can't wait for this thing to be over so we can get back to doing whatever, you know, life. And maybe part of that on hold is you're, you're waiting to get into a small group. Like I, I've, ta- I've talked to a handful of people this week who are new to the church. They, they just started uh, fellowshipping with us either right before the pandemic or during the pandemic. And I'm just encouraging folks, hey, you can be in a small group even while the, the shelter in place is, is still in effect whether it's, you know, some kind of combination of a backyard thing or a social bubble, or even if, even if you just want to zoom in or have a completely virtual small group. Um, so I don't know, that's something that comes right to the top of my head is, is on this issue of, of, um, of, you know, just expressing our unity by having those kinds of connections. I think that happens in a small group setting. Nate, mm-hmm. do you agree? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking your love language, yeah, uh, okay. Yes, thank you. It's like a soft serve. Yes, there's, there's, yes. another, there's another baseball theme. Um, but yeah, I, I think, um, you know, one thing that I've also thought about as far as changing minds, I think this is a lot about having a transformed mind, right? We're go- this is transformed, being transformed by the renewing of our minds. That changes how we act in the world. And one of the ways that I try to do uh, to think is when I'm engaging in a class or a small group or, or whatever, maybe it's just a one-on-one, I'm going into that, that connection thing, thinking, how can I build this person up? In other words, I'm not just going to a class thinking, I'm going to learn something here. It's I'm going, I want to learn something, but I want to know the people here, here with me. I want to help them and I want to be be uh, challenged and encouraged by them. So it's, it's part of it is, is being opened to the fact of sharing your life, benefiting somewhere else, someone else, but also letting them benefit you um, in a personal way rather than just giving you, you know, some facts or whatever. So I think that's small groups are, are great for that. And I think, too, maybe some people stay away from small groups because they're, they're looking for a group that is like them, <laughs> they want to find, but just that's kind of defeating the, the, the purpose in some ways. Not that you have to go out of your way to become like being a, the most uncomfortable <laughs> situation, but just that if we're all to be growing and um, and challenging and helping each other, then that's kind of secondary. Whether the people are like me or not, the the main the main thing is they've been loved by Jesus served through his dying on the cross and have now been brought into the family of God, just like I have. And so therefore, I want to learn as uncomfortable as it can be, as awkward as it can be, I want to learn to care for them and see them and uh, grow as Christ has done for me. Yeah. And Nate, that goes back to the goal you said earlier. It's so important to keep in front of us. What, what is the goal of this stuff? So if I'm, if I'm having trouble with a particular issue, or if I'm, if I'm, at odds with, with a, with a brother who may be the weaker brother in a, in a given circumstance in my life, how do I, how do I navigate? And I love where Gary brought us to on Sunday in first Peter, because it is a picture of how God's strength becomes ours in us practicing our, our unity and, and harmony in the body. It, it's hard, you know, like 
And I think sometimes we want to be in, we want to be around people that are like us because it's easier. You know, I want to, I want to hang out with people my own age because we, we're going to, there's a greater chance that we're going to see the world the same way. We're going to agree on all these different issues. We're no, I'm going to be challenged and pushed maybe, maybe less. I'm going to suffer less. I'm going to have to pour myself out less. I, maybe I get more out of it. Um, but again, you know, that, that first Peter passage, if we're looking to Christ, if we're beholding Christ as our, as our, the means by which we are transformed, well, we, we follow in his, in his footsteps. We, we suffer, um, like he suffered, right? We, we, in specific ways, we, we do not look to, to, for our own benefit, right? In our conduct, in our motive, we are continually, um, pouring ourselves out. And we find our strength in returning ourselves to the Father. Like in verse 23, Jesus continued entrusting himself to the one who judges justly. So I think it is, and Gary did a great job of just kind of bringing that home for us. Like this is going, if we look at Christ's suffering and the good that it produced, uh, we can draw strength from that as we interact with each other in the body of Christ. And that's something that is, man, just so important for us because if we don't view it, if we don't follow his line of thinking in that, in that text, then we're, we're just going to, we're just going to be stuck in this pattern of like inward selfish thinking. And that kind of thinking doesn't reveal, it doesn't point to the unity that reveals God's glory mm. as we see in verse six. And hmm. that we, we, we're, we're totally missing the mark if we're, if we're missing that. That's great. Yeah, that's really awesome. And kind of with that, I'm just reminded of um, just the temptation that we fall into. Like Daniel just said, people take the easy route a lot of the times. You know, we all do. We all, we're all tempted to take what we see as the easier option. But we all know like in anything in life, good things cost, they cost something, you know, the, the, if you want a really nice backyard paver thing done, it costs something. Either it's going to cost your time and, and energy to go do it. It's going to cost you money, whatever it is. And I think a lot of times we get into this like trap of thinking of, Oh, like my, my quality of life on this earth in my relationship with God doesn't have to cost me something, hmm. which is such a lie, such a trap by the enemy of, Oh, like I can just scoot around that and fly under the radar and, you know, live this easy Sunday church life. Um, and that'll be fine. And, you know, we know that that's a really, really common mentality, especially here in, you know, Western, you know, Bay area culture of just like almost consumerism kind of thing. But, you know, I think people are missing the point there. They're missing out on the, the quality of life to be had in relationship with the living God by not doing that work. You know, we, that example I gave before was a physical kind of work, but we know that there is spiritual work to be done as well. There's mental work to be done as well. There's, there's work of your heart to be done as well. And so with this topic of like vulnerability and openness in small groups, don't get me wrong. We totally get it. If you're struggling for almost anybody, it's uncomfortable to, to admit that it's, it's hard to be open and vulnerable in that way, but that's a form of work that we need to be doing in return for the work that God promises to do in our lives and in the lives of people that, that are going to be witnessing that process as well. And maybe just to add to that, um, 
uh, and you, you'd mentioned this, if it's not, if the church isn't a safe place to, to be authentic and, and share what's going on, it's, we, it doesn't uh, provide opportunity for strengthening. If I, I can't strengthen you if I don't know how you're needing to be strengthened. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so um, I, I've been so thankful. And so, you know, I've been, I've been so thankful for the strong people who've encouraged me, but I've also been really thankful for those who have admitted that they're suffering, whether their marriage is, is not doing well, whether they are having doubt in their relationship with, with Christ, um, whatever whatever it is, and they have been bold enough to share, that has been such a gift because, one, it, it affirms that I'm someone they trust and that they're welcoming into that, um, but it also provides an opportunity for me to share the, the, the uh, gifts that God has given me for them. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, if you're listening and, you know, there's, there's great benefit in being the strong person, but there's also great benefit for the body in, uh, in inviting people in to, to help you grow in areas that are weak or suffering in and not feel, um, yeah, not feel like you have to keep that under wraps somehow. Well, that's well said for sure. Sean, you were going to say something, sir. I was just going to say, yeah, that's so true. And I think if if that's you, if you're identifying with that and you have a really hard time opening up or you're embarrassed or shy or whatever it is, I just want to encourage you to do that that quick little process of like taking your thoughts captive and really evaluating where these things are coming from. Because I found for myself and I know that most people I've spoken to who have been through that that issue of uh, not wanting to open up on a particular issue, especially when it pertains to, to issues of sin and unhealthy attitudes and stuff. The vast, vast, vast majority of the time, when we are feeling those apprehensions to, to opening up, if we really stop and evaluate why we're feeling that way, it's normally not about the people around you. It's normally not about the atmosphere um, that you're in. It's usually because you are either feeling prideful or ashamed or guilty or whatever it is, or you're worried you're going to be judged. And, and for sure, sometimes there, there's truth in that. Sometimes the people around you could do better that, that thing we've been talking about in Romans of, of loving people, even if they're in the wrong kind of thing. But so often we need to, to be aware of and treat it actively that these are traps and lies from the enemy that, that is actively working to keep us from doing exactly this, working to keep us from being unified as a body um, in this kind of open and loving process. Yeah, and it's so easy to make those excuses and to just kind of close off to it, to whatever the issue may be. I know we're talking about small groups right now or, or just having having meaningful connections within the body, but whatever the issue is that pertains to unity and harmony amongst God's people there, it's so easy for us to make excuses and justifications. Oh, I don't, I don't need to participate in that way. Um, but man, just look at first Peter, uh, chapter two, verse 24, that Gary took us through. He says that, that Jesus bore our sins in his body so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. And then he says through his wounds, you've been healed. So there's healing in that process. And he says, you were, you were all over the place. You were straying like sheep. But now you've come back to me, the shepherd and the overseer of of your souls. And so, man, doesn't that sound like far reaching? And doesn't that sound sufficient and big enough to overcome any hangup we have? Mm. Jesus died so that we might live righteously (laughs) in the context of of a church family. And so... 
that that gives us incredible strength and endurance and encouragement as we seek to live in harmony with with each other. It, it, it's yeah. <laughs> when you said that I was I was looking here at that passage you quoted from Peter, First Peter, and I was thinking. Uh, oh, yeah, you know, we often say, oh, yeah, I believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead, you know, for my sins. But if you don't believe that Jesus was successful, <laughs> <laughs> right. then you really don't believe him, that he is who he was. So when it says there that he himself bore, past tense, bore our sins in his body on the tree, and then he says, by wounds you have been healed. If you don't believe that really happened, then you have no power to live the life that he offers. You have mm. to say, not only do I believe he died on the cross for my sin, but he was successful in that. And that so now I can live this new way with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And then the, the, the general result of that in the world is the end of, of uh, Romans 15, 6, where Paul writes that, that we will, we will uh, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I think Gary said that we will show what God is really like because God really is an outgoing, other-loving, uh, other-benefiting God. That's, that's what he's like. And so when we do that to one another, we sh- we are, we're one and we're diverse. So it's, it's like the Trinity. We're a community of love that produces more love and more life. Yeah, it's a, it's a reflection of that. Of, and I, I just love because Gary did such a great job. Because sometimes we come across that, that word in Scripture, glory, and yeah, just it, it sounds kind of mysterious or hyper spiritual. And I just love how simple simple Gary made it. It's just showing or, or displaying, proclaiming, whatever, reflecting what God is actually like. And it's God's heart, his design, his plan for when people look at the the church, the body of believers that that well, the church universal, but also the local expressions like Valley Bible Church is, it's God's desire, his plan for when people look at that, for them to understand what he is like. And that is, is such a, it's such a high calling and it really, it, it should inspire us. It should, um, again, push us back to, to, to Romans 12, one and two that all of this stuff that Paul is, is outlining for us, all of these directives that he's giving us, they really start from, from a place of inward renewal and inward beholding of God's glory. That's how transfer t- transformation takes place. And then like fruit on a tree, all of these, these, uh, these, these things will, will start to appear. And God will lead us in that. He'll strengthen us in that. He'll, he will um, encourage us. We clearly are seeing that in this passage and he will sustain us, encourage us through all that stuff. So, but uh, yeah, I think, I think it's easy for us to, um, again, lose the, lose the goal, right? End of chapter, end of verse six, the goal is to glorify God uh, as our harmony and, and unity is expressed in, in the body. And that helps us, I think, get over a lot of our hangups. Mm. Man, that is so refreshing to hear, Dan. And I just want to say, like, this conversation might sound a little bit familiar or repetitive if you've been listening to the podcast since the beginning, you know, because we're describing what what the Christian life should look like and the fruit of that. And I totally get it. If you've heard that from us before on this podcast, I get it. But I hate to break it to you. You're going to continue hearing that process 
for the eternity of not just this podcast, but for our life with Christ. We are never going to get sick of talking about the work that Christ is doing in our lives and what that's supposed to look like. And so just with that, you know, as we were talking right now about, um, about those first two verses, Dan, that you mentioned in, in Romans 15, I was reminded of, like you said, like it starts with humility. It starts with that, that renewing your mind and, and seeing the glory of God. And through that, he's going to give you that humility and you're going to be able to do these things we talked about. Uh, but it reminded me of Ephesians 4, just that first chunk of that. And, you know, Paul talks about uh, us as Christians being eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and in, in, in the bond of peace, which is really beautiful and poetic. Um, but right before that, you know, he describes just that kind of going back to that obligation we have, that that action step as Christians. He says, I therefore urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And here is again, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, which I think that's really key, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit. And so you just see this, like, like Gary said on, on Sunday, we are here because we're going to love our weaker brothers and, and unify the body of Christ in doing that. And Paul tells us here in Ephesians 4 that as we're doing that, we're, we're, we're showing this eagerness this eagerness for unity while bearing with one another in love. That's an actionable thing hmm. with all humility and gentleness. That's an inward thing with, with Christ and with God and outward thing towards the people around us. And before that, leading that all, walking in a manner worthy of the calling to which we've been called. Not just thinking in that manner, not just hoping in that manner, not just observing in that manner, but walking in that manner. We're just trying to impress over and over and over again on this Behold podcast that there is, there's stuff that we need to be doing. We have that obligation, like Paul says in Romans 15, that obligation to be doing something. And like you just said, Dan, pointing to Christ in the midst of the. And it's kind of <clears throat> uh, maybe something that we have, depending on our background, we might think that the goal is, you know, to live a good life with Christ, then die and go to heaven. And it seems like from this whole discussion that Paul is bringing up and Peter and, he, and the author of Hebrews and, and in Philippians, uh, that actually it's this continual life together that that is empowered by this new life. That's the ongoing goal of everything we're doing. And so, yeah, just again, that part of that transformed mind is is is, oh, this we're doing now, like you said, what we're going to continue to do. This is an ongoing way of living. And the better, the sooner we get on board, <laughs> the sooner we uh, are energized by that and even coming to grips with some of our own challenges as we love one another, especially those who might, we might disagree with or um, have issues with, that, um, that the sooner we are being transformed and, and be able to enjoy and express the life of God. Amen. You know, I, I think we're getting ready to uh, sign off on this episode. Um, but yeah, it's just we're going to all open up to you guys in a second. But just for my last thoughts here, just want to say that again. You know, on, on Behold the Podcast, we cannot stress enough that, you know, our hope would be that every single episode, it doesn't matter which one you ever, you ever listen to, you can pick an episode and in listening to that one episode, you will get that 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 truth that for all three of us in our church family and our church community, all of us that claim to know Jesus, he has done, he is doing, and he is going to be doing a redemptive work in our lives. Um, and, and that's never going to be a done thing. And we're 
going to continue talking about that. And that is a beautiful thing. And God's doing work as we, as we do that. So Dan and Nate, do you guys have any ending uh, nuggets or thoughts you want to leave people chewing on? Just one encouragement, go check out the discussion slash reflection questions at the end, at the bottom of Gary's notes from Sunday. Mm -hmm. There's some great things for us to participate in both personally, but also just to think outwardly as well. So how, some some really great probing questions on how this stuff is fleshed out um, within relationships. So if you haven't looked at those yet, if you haven't spent time just meditating and memorizing First Peter chapter two twenty one through twenty five, do that. Um, and yeah, just that process of of being nourished spiritually through uh, prayer, reflection, study of God's word meditating on God's word, that will, uh, that's the starting point of all this stuff. And so if we don't get in there and let God do his transformative work in us, we can't expect to see any change or, or any renewal. So yeah, let's, let's continue to, to seek him in that way and yeah, renew our minds as we, um, as we behold him. So yeah, that's my encouragement. Maybe, and just for me, piggybacking on that, the second question in those discussions that Dan mentioned, um, what would be required of you to bear with the failings of the weak? And I've just been chewing on that and thinking, you know, if, if you ask me to do it in the moment, <laughs> to, to, to act in a good, loving, generous way in the moment when I'm being confronted with a, a, an issue of controversy, I'm probably going to fail. <laughs> I've, I've not prepared myself and so just just maybe encourage uh, encourage myself, but everybody as well that that um, the more we prepare, more we pre-plan how we're going to benefit, how will I benefit my, my brothers and sisters in Christ? How will I set aside my own freedom, as we talked about the last few weeks, my own freedom in order to benefit others? Um, have that have that settled beforehand at the beginning of your day, and. Uh, rather than waiting until the moment. So I'm going to be thinking about that this week. Yeah, that kind of goes back to that that developing discipline and then getting that peaceful fruit of righteousness for what's to come after that. Thank you, Nate. Well, fellas, man, I've been encouraged with the two of you, and I hope that all of you at home or in your cars or wherever you are listening to this, that that you what you take away is encouragement. You take away encouragement and... Um, yeah, just, just excitement to do this, to excitement to do this process of renewing your minds and letting God do his work in your life and in the people that he's put in your life. So thanks for thanks again for listening. Um, again, if you ever have questions or want to reach out, you can always uh, reach out at behold at vbc.online. Send us an email and we'd love to chat with you. Other than that, we hope that you have a conversation-filled and a unity building kind of week. And we will uh, tune in with you next week. Bye. Love ya. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.